come and just get the people of God. Possessing inheritance, possessing inheritance, possessing inheritance. Um, the children of Israel, they take about 40 days, about a month from Egypt to Canaan. When they get to Canaan, or the edge of Canaan, they could not go in, not because the devil was so much against them, but because they were not prepared to possess the inheritance. Amen? They were not prepared to possess what God had for them. And I was telling the morning service, early morning service, there's a lot of things we blame the devil. There's a lot of things, especially in the Pentecostals, we blame the devil for everything. But it's really not the devil. It is that we were not prepared to handle what God had for us. Closer again. I'm having people struggle with finding seats. So, the ashes, if you will help me, remove some people, maybe a seat, a row uh, in front. That will help. We have to handle this today. And then next Sunday, you have enough room. Alright, please, glad. Let's join with this young ladies. Right, thank you. Thank you. I know all of you are wondering which is my seat. Don't find out which one will be your seat. No worries. Most likely next Sunday will not be there. So even if it is not your comfortable angle, uh, it will be fine. Now there are things I've spoken about being able to enter Canaan. The grace the courage, the strength to enter Canaan. And we spoke about courage, and we said this, courage is the virtue that makes all the other virtues possible. You could have love, you could have faith, you could have a lot of things they want to do, but without courage, it is impossible to actually enter Canaan. And so God tells uh, Joshua, he does not tell him, go pray more. He tells him, be courageous. Be strong and courageous and you shall possess the land. Because these guys did not turn back because of lack of milk and honey. They turned back because of the presence of giants. They turned back not because there was no money in that business. They turned back because they had to do paperwork. They turned back because they had to deal with competition. They turned back because they had to wake up at 3 a.m. They turned back because there were giants in the land. They did not turn back because marriage was not good. They turned back because now you have to wake up and cook breakfast. <laughs> Amen. They turned back because before you pay bills, you have to sit down and agree. It is not that marriage is not good, but there are giants in the marriage. But nobody told us that when we were saying, I do. They just told us, you know, it's beautiful. Whoever finds our wife, finds a good thing and finds favor with the Lord. Until you have your first argument. You say, there must be a demon in this house. No, it's giants. It's giants. And be courageous. Get in there. Oh, Miss Lucy. <laughs> but it's a land full of milk and honey. But they are giants. Amen. Amen. Most of you came to America and you were told, you know, money falls on the street, you pick it up and you take home. And you come here, you find that they are giants. They are giants. I was telling Bishop, most people come here and they are saved, they are going to have an express. Then there is no brother or sister to tell you, let's go pray. No brother or sister to tell you, let's go pray. 
And so you go one year, there's no cash, there's no prayer meeting, and you think what's going on. And all of a sudden, with your spiritual level that was all the way there, people call you and say, well, I see you, say, there are giants in the land. There are giants in the land. And so, there is, and the problem is this, these people live as slaves. And one month, they are slaves, and in a month, they are supposed to be managers. In, they live as slaves and in a month they are supposed to have figured out how to manage wealth and not the wealth of a village the wealth of seven nations they were supposed to have learned how to become managers Sometimes you work in a gas station, the gas station, gas station, then you graduate as a pharmacist. You get your first paycheck and you don't know what to do with it. You graduate as a nurse, you are in a gas station, now you have your paycheck. The problem is not in the money. The problem is what, how do I manage this? And then even before the paycheck ends, there's another paycheck on the way. And you are used to waiting for days because there were more days than your paycheck. Now there's more paycheck than your days. Yeah. And all the truck drivers say, Amen. Because yeah. you leave your gas station job where you're being paid, I think, 250 or something. And all of a sudden you have, uh, you're told this contract is $5,000. You say, Five thousand is that like for them or for me? He says for you. So how do I manage this? And because you were a slave last week, and now you're being told to be a manager, most of the times just go buy a Mercedes. Say amen. amen. And all the people in the Mercedes say. <laughs> <laughs> Or a Lamborghini. You buy a Lamborghini and you buy a house in Mountain Brook. And then eventually you realize it's really not a big problem. So you take back at the car and you take back at the house. You say, let's now learn how to manage this. It's okay. It's just the shock of the paycheck. I remember the first time I had more paycheck than my days. I took the money and hid it in a, a savings account very far. <laughs> savings account where we had to go, myself and my wife, to sign. So because I was afraid, if it stays where I can see it, <laughs> it's going to disappear. Slavery. Amen. God has to deliver you. Slowly by slowly. And so possessing your inheritance is actually is, is an art to it. There's an art to possessing your inheritance. Because many blame the devil, many blame other things, but it's actually their managerial schemes. At some point, Moses looks at Canaan and tells God I'm alone. He looks at God and says, I am an, I'm alone. God says you're going to make these people enter. He says, I'm alone. I cannot bring them in. He was not saying, I am alone, as in, I don't have anyone else to hang out with. He was saying, I'm alone, I cannot handle the work of management. And so what God does, he takes his spirit and pours it in 72 others. Amen? So you can be able to handle the blessing. You can be able to possess inheritance. And so there are things that are needed in where God is taking you. <laughs> Amen. And some of these things we've talked about. We've talked about courage in different ways. That you need courage. You need courage. You need courage. Some of us want uh, the gift of healing. We want to be able to tell the dead rise. And the rise. The thing is, 
they will be dead. They're going to heal sick. They will actually be sick. And you have to stand before a sick person and tell them God will heal you. That takes courage. Because God doesn't heal them before you get to them. They stay sick and sick and sick until you get it. Now, uh, brethren, I believe they will be healed. That takes a lot of guts. Yeah? If you want to raise the dead, they are actually dead. You cannot raise people who are in a coma. They are dead. Some of them more than four days. And you are saying, God, I want to see your hand. I want to, you know, we say, God, I want to see your hand. How you used to raise dead people? Brother, they'll bring a dead person in front of everybody. Uh, amen? See, I'm believing God for great things for myself. And there are places I don't know where I really want to go. Because I want to see uh, the lame walk. But if I see the lame walk, that means there will be a lame person in the meeting. And I'll have to stop ignoring them and actually say, no, you brother. Uh, today we're going to fix this. Courage. Amen. There are many, many ideas that die because of lack of courage. You don't want to write a book, you don't want to write a song. You don't want to say, I can do this. You don't want to start a business. Not because of the devil. Amen? Courage. There's some brothers who are not married. Not because of the devil. Courage. Amen? And sometimes may the Lord fill even the sisters with courage. Say, brother, you look like a husband material. <laughs> Courage. Amen. Say amen. This one of the chapter 8. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live. When people say they want to get married on their day, People say they are dating, and they come to me and say, We are dating, we're just friends. I usually tell them, Pick a date. Okay. If I is 20 years from now, tell me you're going to have a wedding on July 4th, 2047. But you need a date. Because as long as there's no date that you are targeting, you will find a way to squirm out of it. And so sometimes courage comes because you have no other option. You have already started the interview. And you've already told everybody I'm going for the interview, so you have to show up. Sometimes it's good to tell someone, by the way, I want to do this business. So you will know next year they will ask you, by the way, what happened to the business? And so you have to do it to avoid the embarrassment. Not because, you know, you're going to do it. Courage. Amen. To Psalm 8, every commandment I command to you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, to test you, and to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Amen. Look at me. God takes you through lack. So you can survive the blessing. God takes you through suffering, Romans 8:18, but you may be able to handle glory. The Bible says we consider the present sufferings nothing compared to the weight of glory that shall be revealed in us. God will not entrust his riches to a man who has not been entrusted with the suffering. If you have not been betrayed, if you have not been hurt, if you have not been disappointed, you cannot be entrusted with glory. And so he says, God led you through the wilderness to test your heart, to see whether you will survive the blessing. Many people don't fall when they're in the valley. Many people fall when they have climbed the mountain, where they are at the peak and everybody is singing their praises and everybody is quoting them, everybody is inviting them to the meetings. When everybody knows you by your first name, that's when most people fall. And so God takes you 
through moments when nobody knows you and nobody cares about you. When nobody actually knows who you are, he takes you through those places to test you so you can survive Canaan. And so he says, you shall remember when you had more days than your paycheck. Amen. One, because of pride. To make sure you do not think that you took yourself there. You are not self-made. You are not self-made. It is God who gives you favor. It is God. There's a lot of people you went to in the same school and they did not finish. There's a lot of people you graduated with, they did not get the job you have. There's a lot of people who have the desire to start the business you have, they don't have it. And so it is not that you had more desire than anyone else. It is not that like you are more self-disciplined than anyone else. It is God who caused you to possess where you are. Amen. And so he, he did that to humble you. To humble you. And to test what was in your heart. Because there will be a day your name is on TV. How will you handle that? There will be a day when you have more money than you know what to do with it. How will you handle that? And so God takes them through the wilderness. Bishop said, I was a street boy for five years. I was a street boy for five years. So just I think that should just be a testimony. Because he tells them, I want you to remember that because that memory will help you very well to serve where you are going. It will serve you very well to handle and manage the blessings I'm about to pour on you. He humbled you, allowed you to hunger. It's a good father. It's a good, good father. He allowed you to hunger and fed you with a man which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. arrived here with 10 bucks in your pocket. Somehow, you are still alive. Amen? Somehow, you are still alive. Somehow, one man's job made you survive a whole year. Somehow, you walked in a gas station and somehow you paid your bills and you are still alive. Somehow, you did your CNA very few hours, and somehow you're still alive. And so he says, I fed you manna. The problem with the manna, it will show up every day. Just a day. There's no enough. There's no enough for your savings account. You have a savings account, but it's there by faith. <laughs> it's there by faith. And so he tells them, I'm going to give you manna. You eat today, tomorrow you believe me. And you hear people who have savings accounts and their banks are overflowing, you think, man, who is their God? No, I am the one who caused you. I am the one who caused you to live paycheck. Hey, I could bless you anytime. I could bless you anytime. I could open doors as I've opened for other people anytime. But I caused you to move from paycheck to paycheck. I gave you manna. They would eat manna one day. The next day there's nothing. They have to believe God for a new manna. And this is what he says, that you may know that men shall not live by bread alone. Amen. It is not bread that sustains a human being. They shall live by the word of God. They shall live by the very word of God that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Five years ago, five years ago, my wife, I don't know if she lost her job, quit her job, resigned her job, she was now her job. All of a sudden, her paycheck, which was double what I was bringing, or something, is wiped off. And so we have to leave. 
on our guard of what we have. And we have a little one who needs school, who needs hospital, who needs clinic, who needs everything. So at that point, I can't tell you how we survived the three years. Is it three or four? I cannot tell you. But somehow, by the end of the month, there was enough for bills and there was enough uh, for everything else to eat. We paid our bills, we ate, and then we believed for the next month. Amen. Go on to us if the month had to take that one day. <laughs> we loved February. And because of Valentine's, we had 28 days. The only problem was that the landlord came earlier. <laughs> but the Lord sustained us. Huh? We did not have enough to pay health insurance. But none of us ever got sick. Well, we did get sick, but we prayed the most time. He made a man sufficient just for that man. If someone got sick, we went to Otarano and prayed. There was enough for that. Brethren, the Lord allows you to hunger so he can make you a manager of things to come. So you can know man does not live by dental insurance. Man does not live by health insurance. Man does not live by paycheck or contract. So you stop worshipping the people who give you contracts. So you stop worshipping your boss. Amen? If they fire me, I will leave. That is my God who causes me to exist. I am here just as a manager of these things. If they are taken away, you can't take away my God. That's why you say that you may know that you do not live by bread alone. But you live. And so these are the lessons of the wilderness. It says, your garments, that's me. Did you know we are out on you? Nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Amen. You know, it's, it's funny when you have two suits. And every time someone tells you you look good. I mean, wait a minute. I'm sure you have seen this suit several times. That suit looks, is that new? I say, yeah, it has a new anointing. That shoe, you have really nice shoes, but you know. Good shoes. If you lift them out. But your garment did not wear out. And your shoes. It talks about shoes. I don't think these are like spiritual shoes, yeah? These are actual shoes. Nor did your foot swell these 40 years. 40 years. No change of clothes. All to prepare them for Canaan. Amen. Because I see you owning the places where you hide right now. Amen. You are learning how bad management looks like so that you'll be able to bring good management. Stop complaining. You are learning what not to do when you get there. Amen. You are learning how not to be a bad boss. So you are looking at bad bosses so you can learn how to be a good one. So he says, Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. To fear him. Let the Lord uh, discipline you. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, fountains and springs that flow with, out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees, pomegranates, and a land of olive and oil and honey. That's a good land. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are of iron and whose hills you shall dig copper. Nobody offers you anything. Yeah? Nobody wants to buy your lunch. All of a sudden, when you have a new contract and your truck is going well, everybody wants to buy your lunch. You really don't need it, but for some reason. <laughs> Amen. 
You might be more blessing him. Really, where were you when I really needed this 50 bucks? <laughs> I want to take you for lunch. And so he brings you them into abundance. They don't need for market, but he gives them anyway. He probably don't need olive oil. He probably could use vegetable oil, but he gives them olive oil. And honey and other things. He blesses them with those things. So they may lack nothing. God's agenda is that you may lack nothing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God's agenda is that you may lack nothing. My heart for Abigail is that she may lack nothing. Now there are days you say, I want uh, ice cream, and I say no. There are days you say, I want a bike, like last night. She said, I want a bike. I said, no. I want a bicycle. No. Why? Because you are not there yet. I bought you two bicycles, and they have been messed up. You are not a place where you can manage a bicycle. And so you must go through luck. So that when I give you one, you will know how to manage it. I am not doing that because I hate her. I am doing that so she can know how to manage what I give to her. The agenda of God ultimately is that she may never lack anything. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall what? Not lack. I shall not want. But in that journey, he allows me to know what it is to lack. So that I will have lessons in the wilderness that will allow me to manage what he gives me. You see, when we preach prosperity, and it's good, the prosperity gospel, it is not just about what I can get from God, but it's also how I can manage what I get from God. How I give, what I buy with what I buy, God is not interested in what dress I'm buying, but at least I am buying a dress with the understanding that all this comes from God. Amen. Let me, let me repeat that. Because I just said about, about messages and they might make you now feel guilty about spending your money. Amen. There will be a season where we pass by thrift store. Amen? Amen. And we buy our clothes there. <clears throat> there will be a season you go to JC Penny because you have graduated. And then there's another one after JC Penny. <laughs> Which is it? The Lord and Taylor. <laughs> there's a time you walk into Sephora. Uh -huh. yeah? uh -huh. And buy your perfume there. Yeah, you don't need to feel guilty. Uh -huh. They did not need for more credit, but God gave them anyway. I shall lack nothing. nothing. Because sometimes our spirituality comes like uh, being poor is good. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. If you're going to spend. Spend well. When you have to be thrifty, you are thrifty. You thank God for that. Okay. Eventually, uh, in the, uh, the scripture service, I was teaching about checking your heart. 
Eventually, he sat down with God and said, why am I hiding from that guy? I am his pastor. Well, he's an associate pastor. I'm his pastor. Why do I keep hiding from this guy? And God said, because you do not see yourself as worthy of 15,000. You're still dealing with the poverty mentality and you feel like this guy will get to know you. Like he will hang out with you. Eh? And then he will realize he will say this man. Like you are not as anointed as he thought. Eh? You, in yourself, you don't believe you. And so, you don't want to disappoint him. And so the favor that you are given has become a burden because you do not believe. Amen. And so there are some people, you pass by Karaya, and you know you can buy, but you are guilty because you don't believe. Amen. Or some people want to hang out with you and buy you coffee. And you are hiding because you don't believe you are worthy of that. You are a child of a king. You are a child of a king. If they want to give you promotion, say yes, actually that one, and even the boss of that one, I, I deserve that. There are some contracts we refuse because somehow we don't believe we are worthy of that. Say amen. amen. <laughs> Somehow if they know who you are, they might ask for your $15,000 back. They might realize you are not as big as they thought. And you are just a guy. And your business is not as big as they thought. And so they don't want to receive the contract because your business is too small. And the contract they are giving is of a million dollars and you only run a business of 100000 And so you're thinking, uh, I don't want to talk to them too much. They might know. I'm an African. Amen. You are a child of a king above everything else. Amen. Give them your last name. <laughs> Give them your last name. Don't worry, don't say, oh, I'm Jacob. What's <laughs> your yes. okay, last name? Junior. No, I'm Jacob Gabobo. If you can't spell it, if you can't say it, that's all right. <laughs> I am here and I'm proud of uh, So, are you legal? What are you talking about? I'm legal. <laughs> so, you're from Africa. Yeah. Are you legal? Yeah. I'm here at that. Possessing intelligence, courage. When you have eaten last 10 and a half full, because you're going to eat and be full one of these things. Today, you may still be fasting by force. But when you have eaten our food, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good life which has given you. You don't need to feel guilty. You shall bless the Lord. You say, it's God. Come, brethren. You're going to have a party at my house where you eat and be full. And God is happy with that. Amen. Amen. You understand, these people are hungry people. They had been hungry for 300 years, and now God is telling them, you're going to eat, and I'm going to be happy about it. You're going to drive a good car, and God will be okay with it. You're going to live in a good house, and God will be happy about that. Say amen. amen. You will have more money than your bills, and you will bless the Lord for that. Mm-hmm. You don't need to feel guilty about it. Be aware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command you today. And so there are now warnings. Lest when you have eaten our food and our beautiful houses and dwell in them. Beautiful, beautiful houses and dwell in them. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpent. Then he says you shall bless remember the Lord your God 18. Verse 17 he says, and then you might say, 
that my power and my might have brought me here. That you, you, you don't get there and say, my power and my might. And sometimes you don't necessarily say that. Usually how you do it, you do it like a good Christian. You say, these people, you know, gotta be wise. <laughs> I grew to this business, you know, from the ground. I knew how to do things. You gotta have plans. People's business are messing up because they don't have plans. In a roundabout way, you are saying what? I had plans. Huh? You shall be humble. You shall be humble. It is God. The next verse says, For it is the Lord. For it is, you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is He who gives you power to obtain wealth, to get wealth. That He may establish His covenant which is so to your fathers, and it is this day. And it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God, follow the God, and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day, you shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish because you will not obey. So today I want to speak about your stupid. You've spoken about courage. Number one is a warning. It tells them when you get there, Number one, be careful of alliances. Be careful of alliances. Right now, we have Wakanda, yeah? And so everybody thinks Africans are so cool. Yeah, they think, uh, you know, your accent is really cool. Yeah? Because you might be the king of the child. Yeah? But the thing is, you come from a heritage of people who fear God. Come from a heritage of people who honor the Lord, who pray, who seek the face of God. Amen. And then you get here and they start inviting you to the office parties. They start inviting you to the uh, the group of truck drivers or business owners. And when they get there, they start doing things that do not go with what you believe. Mm-hmm. I have to warn you. Yeah? The problem is, he tells them, once you get there, there will be a need to be relevant. There will be a need to fit in. There will be a need to not appear backward. Mshamba, Ocha, African, Tokabala. (laughs) And so because you want to look cool, you want to look like them. You want to look like you have a degree, like you are a doctor. You start doing the things that they are doing, so you do not stick out like a sore thumb. He tells them, the reason I brought you all the way from your village and brought you here, is because they were not pleasing to me. And so I brought you to take over, not to be taken over. Say amen. amen. Let me say this because it's important. When I made you the supervisor, it is not because of how fitting you were. I was not making you a supervisor so that you can fit in. I was making you a supervisor so you can bring the spirit of the living God in that place. And so when you sit down and you want to look cool, when you sit down and you want to fit in, when you sit down and you don't want them to talk about you, what you will be doing You'll be allowing yourself to step into the same thing that is allowing me to pluck them out. God tells them, I am plucking those nations out and bringing you in. Because you are different. The very thing you are ashamed of is actually the very same thing that is allowing your position in that place. Okay, say I'm different. And that is okay. If God really did not want you to have that skin color, that nose, that accent, He would have made you get born here so you could be a doctor here. But He makes you a collagen from Eldoret with your accent. Eh? Or a camera. Eh? Who, who say air and hair. This I'm going to brush my hair, and I'm breathing hair. Yeah. Huh? And God in you, you will have that problem. God in you, you're going to be a kikuyu, 
Zai kuna baraka and it's fine. Kuna baraka pale. That's fine. And he has made you a supervisor there with all your hours and else all messed up. But because you start being insecure, God tells them when you go into those nations, you will realize the things they do and they are bigger than you and you will feel small like grasshoppers and you will want to align yourself with them. But you are a peculiar people, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a people called for to show the, the praises of their God to the nations. There is a reason I set you apart like that. There is a reason I gave you that spirituality. There is a reason I, I gave you the grace to speak in tongues. So when they say let's pray, and you start saying karabashia kataraba, and say, no, I brought you when you are speaking in tongues. That's fine. I went into a Baptist church. As only black person, hallelujah. <laughs> and they call they are called chosen frozen. Chosen frozen because they do not clap, they do not move, everybody stands like that. Now I'm black. And so I have to swim. <laughs> Even if I'm not gonna jump. <laughs> and I could see the side eye. From that side, what's going on? Why is this? Why is this the wrong movie? I mean, because you know we are part tight, so I'm gonna push this guy. This guy. But I know I'm there to bring life. I'm not there to die. I'm gonna make you alive. Talk to my sister lady. She goes to one of those in the village. Chosen person. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I know how I found him. I know how he found me. And that's what I'm going to do. Now you can imagine, like my brother, Moses. He's a pharmacist of that city. The mayor of the city is a Sunday school teacher. The doctor, the doctor of the city is, you know, is in the church. In fact, one day he told me, the doctor, wrote a prescription of the church bulletin and passed it, told the patient, passed it to the pharmacist. And so now they are under pressure. They are under pressure to conform in the among the chosen frozen. And so he has made he had to make a decision. It is God who brought me here. And when he says time to take me out, he will take me out. But I'm not going to uh, compromise. Whatever God is taking you, the biggest challenge will be to compromise. You are the salt of the earth. And if salt loses its taste, why should God bring you here? What's the point? You are the salt of the earth. But if you're going to come here, lose taste. And the problem with the salt is that it is different. We buy salt because it is different. God brought you because you taste different. If you come here and taste the same, it just deport you. Well, I don't know if Kenya or heaven, but you know, home, one of them. You'll be home anyway. <laughs> oh, in case of Daniel, you might be ported to Selma, but you are here in Babylon because you're different. You're in that company because you're different. Amen? You're in that business world because you're different. This is, you know, you guys, you are. You are lukewarm, you are not hot, you are cold, I'm going to vomit you, I'm going to spit you out. That's what he tells the, 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 the church. Is it Philadelphia or Ephesus, one of them? You, you are not anything. I used to be ashamed of my accent. I made a pet confession. And so, my wife is really good. Women are being attacked very fast. The rest of us guys, you see, see water, a glass of water, and uh, Walmart. Someone I told you I want to go. Where's Walmart? So what? Walmart? You mean Walmart? So what? I just have been saying that the whole day. So I have to learn. 
You have to say the R. The R, it's Walmart. Not Walmart. And then I realized it's actually an asset.
and shrubs. If you do not push ahead, if your prayer life is not urgent, if you do not wake up wondering how am I going to push this business beyond where I am, if you do not wake up saying how am I going to become better in this career, how can I push this? There's an urgency into what I am doing because I'm calling to a limitedness. Eventually, if you're living for survival, survival will kill you. Because you are not created to simply survive. You are not created to look for ways to retire. So even for those who can see the horizon, you need to start dreaming again. Even for those who can see that my end is near, I implore you by the masses of God, you start dreaming again. It's okay if you fail, but keep going. I, I... that has worked that's all good but I want to try another one and fail again because only in failure will you grow keep fighting giants find new giants find new giants you are unlimited in nature your spirit man is the same spirit that is in Jesus Christ is the spirit of unlimited nature don't say I'm just a nurse don't say I'm just a doctor don't say I'm just a pharmacist don't say I'm just a truck driver you can be in any industry you want keep challenging yourself
promise. Number two, keep occupied. Keep occupied. Keep occupied. When people stop growing, they will start fighting. When there is nothing pushing you forward, you will start checking who has the bigger title. You start saying who is the boss. Who has the most money? But people who are always growing don't care about their bank account and how much money is there. You're too busy pushing yourself into new territories because you will not stay still. Father, I thank you. Open new vistas for our lives. That our vision may be broadened to what you want to do. Those who are supporting one child as an orphan, that they may push themselves to support another one. Those who are supporting an orphanage, they may push themselves even to bigger places. That we may constantly put ourselves in places where we will have to trust you. Where our paycheck is not enough, where our income is not enough, because what we have challenged ourselves to do, we will need faith. Father, I thank you because of new visions that are being born in this place, because of new dreams that are being born in this place, because of courage we are spreading this place. Father, to the glory and honor of your name. In the precious and the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray and we believe. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a high hand in love. Amen. I want to finish the whole thing. I stop there. I'm going to take a 10 minutes. Because I sit here across the floor. Pastor Alice, if you could help me. So that we don't go in the Holy Communion. As we receive the Holy Communion, Jesus tells them, this is, uh, this is the last one that we shall eat with you until the day uh, of the marriage. About the land. No sudden there's work to be done. Go forth. Reach the gospel. Go forth. And so even today, as we celebrate in this, let it be a reminder that our work is not done. Our work is not done. We could do so much. We could do so much more. Amen. We can do we can believe God. If what you are doing for God now takes a hundred thousand, you could begin to believe in for something that does hundred and fifty. 200,000. You could. You know, there's a reason when your business starts growing, they start sending you these things for homes. Because they have a vision of where you are going. <laughs> a vision of where you are going. <laughs> <laughs> Father, we thank you for the body that was broken for us. It was broken that through it, many may come to glory. I pray that even in ourselves there may be a breaking. A breaking that we may be uh, able to operate in multifaceted ways. That in our breaking, we may feed, in our breaking, many may come to restoration to read the Bible. Father, I bless your name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. As we receive that word of each other, that we may uh, partake together.